Hello and welcome to Re-Random episode 68. We are recording on Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. This is the podcast where we talk about random stuff and Brian will give you a little bit more information on that. But before we do that, I got a story to tell you. So uh, I heard this, I heard this secondhand, but Brian actually mentions to his wife that a husband is like a fine wine. We just get better with age. Which I think makes sense. Uh, the problem was the next day she locked him in the cellar. So there we go. We'll be right back after this. Almost Qualified Productions. Your dose of semi-coherent babbling. End of the podcast music at the beginning. This is episode 68. My name is Landmark. That's Gonzi. All right, now, now that the thing is out of the way, we can't get DMCA'd for that because that was an Uh, original tune by yours truly, Landmark. So I'm Landmark. That's Gonzi. Say hello to the wonderful people, Gonzi. Hey, everybody. So, as you can tell, we are almost qualified podcasters. Almost, so, almost. there are things that happen in uh, our lives where, you know, things might go slightly wrong. But that's okay, because what we are here to do today is we are here to get mad online. What we're going to do is we're going to spin that wonderful wheel of doom. It's going to go round and round, and where it stops, no one knows. Once it stops, we will talk about that topic, give you our opinions on it, and then, at the end of the show, we will do a very special random rankings but before we jump into that skanzi my man do you have any words of wisdom artifacts or hope or positive points for our people today i like all those new names that you gave stuff um i don't i i the, the positive thing right now is that there's a new season of apex so we got to get this podcast going we got to go we got to go we got apex <laughs> to play baby that's true. That's true. We gotta go. Let's let's all right. Let's move it. Get the whip. Get the whip. Spinning. Let's go. We're bo- spinning. Bo- 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 Actually, it's, really we we should wheel, probably too. mention that uh, we're going to be taking a break next week. Keep we that in are. mind. Yeah, next week we're going to be off, so oh. it'll be two weeks before you get that uh, episode sixty nine. Nice. Yeah and, yeah, and we'll plug that at the end of this episode. But for right now, what are we plugging our? Uh, loyal listeners ear holes and eye holes with well we're gonna we're gonna start we're, we're jumping straight into the fire bee we're not tiptoeing in nothing we're diving head first we got minneapolis police department oh poof. all right yeah. so minneapolis police in the early morning hours last wednesday minneapolis police officers gently placed a key into a city apartment door before bursting through the doorway yelling police a search warrant in the seconds that followed, a black man named Amir Locke, apparently asleep and shown to be holding a gun upon awakening, was shot and killed. A shooting by an officer on the SWAT team in a city that came to represent Ground Zero for the police reform movement has raised questions from the victim's family and others about the city's warrant policy. 
Now, from what we know, it isn't clear what was contained in the warrant that was served leading to the man's death, and Minneapolis officials have said that the circumstances leading to their officer shooting the man are now under investigation by the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. The police said that the man was not named in any search warrants, and attorneys for the man's family say he was in legal possession of the firearm. So, this story basically brings together one of the biggest um, contentions that people have with warrants, which is the like no-knock warrant where they don't have to knock and announce their presence, versus like the knock warrant where they have to like knock and announce, "Hey, it's police, let me in." So, I honestly like kind of don't know much about this story. Like, I saw it, but I kind of have been outside of like being part of the like hubbub about it. What, what's your involvement been in this, Conti? Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm involved, but, uh, right, but you know, have you been more kind of like following it? Or a like little, a little the bit, outrage? a little bit. I haven't been following it a whole ton. I know there's been all sorts of protests in Minneapolis, which you would expect and, and would hope for. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's like, this is an important thing to talk about, right? And this is the kind of stuff that you and I would normally talk about, which is kind of what this podcast is, is our way of kind of chit-chatting about stuff. But can I just say, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a quick sidebar here. Um, I had a, I had a one-on-one meeting with my boss's boss, a skip level meeting today. And she asked me how the podcast is going. And I kind of cringed a little bit because I know how much I swear on the podcast. And I, <laughs> I, and I told her that I'm trying to not get as angry. I'm fucking sick and tired of these stories be like, when are we going to fucking stop this shit? This is ridiculous. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here, and and I'm sure that, you know, some of this will come to light, but, um, like, if you watch, if you watch the, the video, first of all, it's, it's a little bit suspect to me that, um, they released a single video from, like, one of the, one of the police, police officer's vests, and they, it was 13 seconds. Or yeah, and it was 13 right? seconds that took like 40 seconds to play because they slowed it down super, super slow because then you could see the gun that, that this guy had in his hand. Um, so clearly they're trying to paint a narrative, right? Uh, right. I personally, I wonder why you're sleeping on the couch with a gun that close to you. I mean, that makes me wonder that something weird probably is going on there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to place blame on this guy, but... That's, I wouldn't think that that's a normal situation. Um, but on the flip side, this is somebody who didn't appear in any of these warrants. He wasn't somebody that they were looking for. Um, mm-hmm. Reports are that he is a, a licensed gun owner. He's a legal gun owner. Um, his mm-hmm. family, I think, is in law enforcement. He has no, nothing in his criminal background. Like This is somebody who pretty much had done everything right. Um, like, let's be honest. If, if you're a gun owner and for whatever reason you, you feel like you need a... a protection in your home if somebody just breaks into your house what are you going to do you're going to grab your fucking gun right like that's why you've got a gun is is to protect yourself presumably so like you would expect that he's going to do that and again to your point it's these no-knock warrants just exasperate these situations i mean it's one thing (laughs) if you pound on the door and you're like hey police here we've got a search warrant we're going to come in you're going to wake him up He's going to do whatever. Now, now, does that mean maybe if he's a bad guy, he's going to start shooting at him? 
Sure, that might happen. Right. Uh, but that's why they send the SWAT team, right? Like that's exactly, kind of the right. point. So I did read about this a little bit, and I read some commentary. And one of the things that's the common practice that they have is they kind of evaluate the um, – I'm not sure exact. I don't remember the exact terminology, but it was basically the severity of the situation. Like if it's at X level, they will send a typical squad. If it's at Y level, they mm -hmm. need to send the SWAT team. So they do that in advance. And then when they send the SWAT team, like, you know, it's kind of like you said with knock versus no knock. And one of the comments that I've read online, and obviously, you know, we don't always want to trust things online, but just kind of taking people's words at face value, they've, a lot of people said, you know, when this happens, like in their apartment or in their neighborhood, it's very difficult to make out the words like police or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people are like, it just sounds like someone is like yelling, please, or like, come in. And like, if you hear people banging and somebody going like, please, please, like, you're like, I'm not going to go by that door. I'm not doing that. Right. Like, yeah. When you're startling people, it's a very challenging situation, and it's you know it it is difficult because in this situation, it uh, definitely seems like they didn't get it right. You know, they the person that they were looking for wasn't there, and then now this person is dead. So, yeah, it, it's it's it, again, it's the same old story. I, it. it Sucks to say that, but how often is this going to keep happening? Like, I understand, you know, you're you're sending the SWAT team for a specific reason, right? I understand that they gave them both a, a regular warrant and a no-knock warrant so they could decide in the moment what they need to do. But here's the thing, is we have seen time and time and time and time and time and time again that these individuals are not capable of making that decision in the moment. They're just not. You don't give your kid a sharp knife and tell him to go play with it. Why? Because he can't make smart decisions with a smart with a sharp knife. Like he's a fucking child. And that's basically what these people are, is they're fucking children. They're not they don't make smart decisions. And so the fact that we're giving them the power to make these decisions is, is just helping us end up in situations where people are dying, where people shouldn't be dying. So it, it's again, it's just the same old kind of story and I'm fucking sick of it, man. Yep. So this is another push to, you know, get out there and do stuff and be active, right? <laughs> Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Let's get something good. Do you think that's possible? We've got options. Yeah, I don't think this is positive. Uh, is it Ron Johnson? Cause... Oh, my God. No, we're talking about travel <laughs> travel nurses and how much we pay travel nurses. We did. We actually didn't put Ron Johnson on there, even though we had a side cover. But so we are talking about a uh, commentary near and dear to my wife's heart now that she's let me out of the cellar. So <laughs> come on, that was a good to, joke. That was funny. In an attempt to stop ballooning wages and perhaps better balance the gap between staff and travel nurse pay, some states have introduced legislation to cap agency nurse pay. During the pandemic, there have been state and federal moves towards enacting legislation aimed towards regulating staffing agencies and limiting travel nurse pay rates. Most recently, the American Healthcare Association National Center for Assisted Living, leading age in a coalition of long-term care facilities, sent a 
letter to White House officials warning them against the price gouging that is happening by staffing agencies and discussed how that practice is harmful to patients and providers, especially because these providers have fixed reimbursement through Medicare or Medicaid. So supporters of the possibility of limiting travel nurse pay say that to cap it will, you know, allow for more opportunities for, um, you know, managing financial impacts, you know, down dissenters point out that a, you know, cap could potentially put patients and healthcare facilities at risk. Now, I had this conversation with my wife because my wife is going to be a nurse. She will not allow you to call her a nurse yet, but that's where she's at, right? So, you know, we had this conversation and I was, I asked her, I was like, do you want me to speak first or do you want to talk about your experience first? And she told me that I should speak first. So I did. <laughs> and my, my points were number one, do I generally believe that price gouging is a thing? Yes. Wait, two, should hospitals actually pay their fucking employees a livable wage to the point where they don't feel like they need to quit that hospital and then go work as a travel nurse to make three, four, five, six, seven times what they're making at that hospital? Also, yes. So I feel like it's kind of a double thing. It's, it's one of these where why not both? Because I think that these staffing agencies are, you know, price gouging. And the reason that they are is because they can, because these hospitals are hurting. Like yep. there are literally hospitals who have had travel nurses on staff for six months, a year, whatever. There are travel nurses out here who there are job postings that are available that you can make $80,000 by working for what was it? I think it was 13 weeks wow. as a travel nurse, right? I should have been so, a nurse. Like, <laughs> so like these are the things where there is a inequity in the cost of this, but there's also an inequity at the business level that people are leaving this profession because this profession is getting shit on by the public. It's getting shit on by people like Joe Rogan, you know, like these people who want to spread this misinformation about COVID and healthcare and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then these people are not feeling valued and they're leaving. And then some people are saying, well, I'm still valuable, but you're going to pay me. And then they go be travel nurses. Right. So uh, this was really interesting to me. What are your thoughts on this? Gonzi? Yeah, I think there's a couple different angles on it. So um, first I'm going to start with your point that, uh, you know, if you don't want people to leave, pay them. Like, that's the market leveling itself out, right? Like, if you ask these rich people that, you know, hedge fund people and, and you know, all those individuals, they're going to tell you that, uh, you know, the reason that the cost of things go up is because the market demands it. The reason why it costs you an extra, you know, 20% to buy a house is because the market demands it. The reason that your milk costs 20% more is because the market demands it. But salaries going up no that's a problem oh but but the market demands it no 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 we need to legislate just and put a cap on it like it's it they're just talking on both sides of their face so i do think there's an issue here and i do think the issue is with the middleman i think these agencies are are definitely raising prices i mean I, ideally you would want people who are dedicated 
um, staying at a single a single hospital, right, or a single location. Uh, we we know somebody who who's who's a nurse, and obviously your wife soon will be. Um, but we know somebody who's in that situation, right? She's on staff nurse, and she does her thing. Um, like you couldn't argue with her if she decided she wanted to be a travel nurse and make that extra money, right? Like I keep reading all these stories about people who are like, I I I was a teacher. And I was making $40,000 a year and I quit, became a bartender. And now I make $60,000 a year. There's a story I was just reading today about some guy talking about his wife who makes less money with two master's degree as a teacher than his son does his 20 some year old son as a pizza delivery guy. Like, how is this even a thing? Right. And I think this is a situation where people, people are seeing that if I stay on staff here, I can get X amount of money. If I leave and become a travel mer- travel nurse, I can make X times two amount of money. Why the hell yep. wouldn't I do that? And right. a part of that is the price gouging, right? So I think it's fine that you want to put a limit on that, but I think the limit shouldn't be on the earning of the nurse. The limit needs to be on those agencies, and that's where the problem is going to be. And and unfortunately, they kind of they kind of control things at this point. Because, you know, the travel nurses, as far as I know, and I'm certainly not an expert in this area, but like I assume they have to go through some sort of an agency to get hired on somewhere. So how do you yeah. balance that? I don't really know. Maybe you legislate how much of a take the agencies can take. Because I think one point in this article it mentioned that they take like 35, 40% of the salary, which is insane, yeah. right? Like right. that's crazy. What, why? Like, what are you doing? You're doing a little paperwork and you're sending someone over. Like, why would you get that much money? That's insane. Yep. TLDR, pay people what they're worth, and let's just start there. Yeah, it's never, <laughs> never, ever, ever going to happen, but we can, we can wish. I mean, this is our little podcast where we have our loyal listeners who either agree with us, and that's why they stay, or they disagree <laughs> with us, and then thank you for your download or view. That's right. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about this Imagine If Library B. This is ugly. I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Well, I'm going to get angry. Unfortunately, we're going to talk about it because over the last year, imagine if library staff in Montana, hi, our friend who's also watching, I'm not going to call you out because I don't want people to know where you live, but in Montana, (laughs) they've described a majority of trustees as creating a hostile environment that is antithetical to the organization's philosophy. The organization's philosophy states that it wants the library to be a place of exploration and discovery with hands-on activity and experiences for all ages, as well as books, music, and movies. They are seeking to transform vision, dreams, and desires into reality man that sounds gorgeous you know what that reality is scott what is it it's got to be amazing that reality according to library staff says that the trustees are coming in with agendas about books looking to lower salaries of employees and supervisors and have been removing librarians and staff from opportunities to collaborate on decision making so basically what's happening with this library system is that the board of trustees has kind of been turning over gradually and as people are coming onto the board these people are coming in with their own agendas about how they want things to work what should be in the library what the librarians should be paid, what they should be doing. Hey, do you guys notice anything about this? With everything that's going on in America right now? Anyway, you know, (laughs) so there are people coming into this board with their own agendas that don't take into account anything but their own personal 
agenda, right? They're not thinking about what's best for the community. They're not thinking about what's best for the library. They're not thinking about what's best for the staff. They're just coming in with their own agenda. And what that has led to is that has led to at least four professional staff leaving the library. That has led to a lot of turnover. That has led to a lot of the people who are still there feeling devalued and rejected and basically ostracized from being able to do the job that they went to school to do. So this to me was really frustrating and it was really disheartening because this is what we're seeing all over America. This is what we're seeing when it comes to the story that we were talking about with voting, right? Where people are going for these, you know, positions where you can count the votes and decide how people get to vote. This is what's happening on these libraries boards where six people can get a sign taken out of a rock garden. This is what's happening six at people. companies. That, right. <laughs> this is what's happening at companies, you know, and in states where they're proposing legislation where you can't make white people do diversity training. Right? Like, this is a, like, I, I, I went on a, well, I didn't go on a rant necessarily, but I saw somebody on Twitter say something this weekend where they're like, hey, you know, people need to get out and vote because if this person gets into office, we're fucked. And I'm like, no, we are already fucked because those people who are doing this and who are trying to shake things up are already doing and it's working. Yeah, we I think, need people to get out there and be on the other side of that. I, th I think this is this is the kind of thing that I think we're going to probably talk about a lot because it's something that I care a lot about. And it's something that I think we need to make noise about, you know, I mean, we've got five people hanging out watching the stream, so it's not like we make a lot of noise, but, um, it's another one of those situations where the right is doing a much better job than the left at getting organized, getting involved. Uh, the part of the story that you didn't even touch on that, that jumped out at me when I read through the article was, uh, there are people who were put in position specifically because they had a specific agenda, a right-leaning agenda, and, and they're trying to push their own views. And, and they're talking about banning books in the fucking library because they talk about gay people because, God forbid, gay people are the worst thing ever. And uh, they, they, they just kind of chronicle, like this article, they, they, they did a um, freedom of information request to pull in all this information. And um, they're looking at the different threads, email threads, and what they're trying to do and how they're working behind the scenes to try to get rid of We don't want these gay books around, so we're trying to get rid of them. Or maybe we can lock them up in a special section that nobody has access to. And how do we get rid of the, the president or something along those lines? Because, you know, she's she's going to be somebody that's hard to work with. And and again, A, it's, it's disgusting that we're continuing to hate on people because of who they are. Um, like if they were trying to ban... Well, I can't say ban black books because they're trying to do that shit everywhere too. Um, but but the, the thing is, is we've got people who are, again, they're positioning themselves and instantly our, boom, our views drop as soon as I started talking about this. Uh, we got people who are positioning <laughs> themselves to, uh, to, to, to push this bullshit ideolo ideology through. And A, it's frustrating as fuck, but B, uh, it's... It, that, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing well. That's what they're doing better than, than people who I like to think have a little bit more sensibility to them. Um, and, that, and that's incredibly frustrating and it's incredibly frightening because I... I don't see it or I don't see it changing. Maybe that's my pessimistic attitude, but I don't know that I see that changing. The Democrats are 
fucking Looney Tunes and they can't get organized and they're idiots half the time. I just don't see them standing up and fighting against this in a way that's going to make any substantial difference. I'm terrified for what, what our country is going to look like in a couple of years. And, and this is just I mean, another example of that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've said it to you. I've said it to my wife. The Democrats don't do something between now and 2024. Ron DeSantis is going to be our president because he's going to run on a platform of if you don't like what's happening to us as white people, elect me and we're going to change it together. Well, I, I, I think the bigger problem, not to make not to go too far into the, the political rabbit hole, but the problem is Joe Biden is garbage. He's he's worse than milk toast. He's like milk toast with shit on top of it. Uh, he hasn't done half of anything that he said he was going to fucking do when he got elected. And let's be honest, the only reason he got elected to begin with is because he wasn't named Donald Trump. So, right. the, like, it's guaranteed whoever the Republicans put forward. I, they could bring Adolf Hitler back and prop him up in his fucking casket. He would get elected over fucking Joe Biden at this point. But I'm going to spin the wheel because enough of that. Right. I'm already That's depressed just... enough. I need to go see go to therapy or something. We don't, we don't need to talk about this. Right, we need a good story. Come on, what do we got? I think this might be good. I thought it said Elvis originally, Elvis. and then I got really it, excited. It uh, might have said Elvis, but then because it, it tried to autocorrect it. But. No, but it says LV. What is LV? LV? I was really confused when I read this article. I'm like, I don't know where we're going with this one. So, so LV is tech for women by women. So this is about the LV Corporation as to when uh, – Tanya Bowler began raising funds for a wireless smartphone-controlled device to help women strengthen their pelvic floor. Prospective male investors were hesitant to speak. Half a decade later, in 2022, sales of the product, the LV Trainer, have bolstered the development and launch of a high-tech $300 Bluetooth-enabled breastfeeding accessory, the LV Breast Pump. So why I thought that this was important is because in the U.S., for example, funding for women-focused digital health startups rose 105% in the last two years. You know, Bloomberg has reported that female founders have secured only 2% of venture capital, you know, towards these products. So I think it's important to think about the fact that the, and this, this is one of the things that we've talked about before, but we've talked about it in lots of different areas, but I think it's important and it's good to talk about if we're developing products for women, I feel like women should be involved in that development process, right? Because one of the things that I was reading about with the pump that they're coming out with, like, yes, it's expensive compared to these other pumps, but they tried to develop it in a way that is more useful and functional to women. So, for example, it can be placed, like, in a bra instead of having to buy, like, a specific bra that's, like, a pumping bra and, like, all of these things, right? So... Having tech for women designed by women is something that I think we should be empowering and something that we should be celebrating. And it's similar to, you know, tech for diversity where we talk about like coding languages and stuff is coded by primarily like, you know, males, you know, it might have a gender bias or it might have a racial bias or things like that. So I thought that this was interesting because it's a good story about a tech company doing things for women led by women yeah it's um let's be honest we live in a very male dominated society and we see white male dominated society and 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 we see a lot of those negative things maybe maybe even if it's not overtly negative but the fact that 
how many women startup companies get this kind of funding? Not a lot, right? And so really what they talk about is how, how she struggled to get funding for the original device, which was which is around helping women who, who may suffer loss of bladder control in their life. Uh, and I'm going to get a little bit technical and share, talk about body parts, but, but it's a device that a woman would use in her vagina to try to strengthen the muscles. Clearly that is 100% a female product, right? Like no guy needs that or could use that outside of, you know, the trans community, that type of thing. So, um, so she struggled to get any kind of funding for that. And then she was able to, to, to create that product, to sell that product. And now because of that, she has shown that this is, this is a line of products and shown herself to be, uh, running a company that, that can support these types of things and got the success of that product, help her get the funding for this new, um, breast pump that they're doing, which again, to your point is very expensive, but it's also something that, I mean, this is kind of a double-edged sword, right? So the really innovative and interesting and cool ideas, it's something that you could, that, that a woman, not, not me, that a woman can wear while she's doing whatever it, it, it's, it, it is something that would, would exist underneath her bra, right? Um, you, you could continue working, you could continue, you could do whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, now the fact that you need to worry about working instead of doing what your baby needs and what your body needs is, is neither here nor there. But, uh, the point is it's a, it's a, it's a great success story that, uh, you know, she's, she's doing this as a female inventor and a female company lead and, and actually getting to the point of being able to raise funding, which, you know, in today's world, isn't exactly a very easy thing to do. So yeah, definitely a good story. Awesome. Um, now we can spin the wheel again because I know we're getting closer and closer to Apex Time. Well, we're going to move on from Elvis and we're going to talk about oh, another. This is a great story. I love this story. The Iowa women's wrestling team. I mean, this yep. has Wisconsin ties too, which is which made me extra happy. All right. So Iowa University announced late in 2021 that they would be adding women's wrestling as a sport. The first Power 5 conference school to add women's wrestling. For those of you who are not aware, the Power 5 conferences are five athletic conferences in the NCAA, which are considered to be the elite conferences in the U.S. So that includes the ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, and Southeastern Conference. So Iowa is in the Big 10, the same conference as Wisconsin and Sconzi's favorite, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red! Iowa now has its first recruit. So the recruit is a Wisconsin native and is the number one pound for pound women's high school wrestler in America. So this individual was someone who's won several kind of medals and accolades and she committed to the team and was basically like, look, this is new. This is cool. Like, I want to be someone who helps to build this program. And then over the next couple of days, it sounds like a couple other very highly recruited women's wrestlers have also said, yep, I'm joining that team too. So it is going to end up kind of being a super team, but it's still kind of cool that people are getting this opportunity at a, you know, prestigious school. And one of the things that was also cool about this is that they were saying like these, you know, wrestlers, might end up being some of the best wrestlers at Iowa, men or women, once all is said and done. Yeah, like it's uh it's just it's just a cool story, right? Like I, I think that 
Um, the fact that this is really the first D1 women's wrestling team and the fact that, that this girl, this woman is the, uh, the first scholarship person or the first, the first person signed to be part of that group is it's a good story. It's a positive story. Now, hopefully there's a whole lot of other schools that go through this and do that. Otherwise it's going to be very interesting wrestling against nobody or whoever they wrestle against. But, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a good story. I think these are the types of things that, uh, you know, if people want to do it, if women want to do it, let them go out there and do that. I think it's a, it's a good story. Nice. And she's from Wisconsin. So, you know, we random. Yeah. True. All right, I'm spinning. All right. Good for her. Congratulations to her and to Iowa. That's awesome. Yeah. Another good story. We're gonna have to end it after this one, B, because we had like three good stories in a row, and that's impossible. That I think those are the only positive stories we had. All right. What's the What's the good one? What do we got? The Arizona man wins the jackpot. Yep. So, the Nevada Gaming Control Board says that its investigation tracked down an Arizona man who left Las Vegas after a visit without knowing that he had won a jackpot that was almost $230,000 on a slot machine. Nice. The board says... The board says that the machine that was being played by Robert Taylor malfunctioned due to a communication error, and neither the player or the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino realized that the man had won the jackpot the evening of January 8th. After realizing the error, the board said it began an investigation and identified Taylor on January 28th after two weeks of checking surveillance video, conducting witness interviews, studying electronic purchase records, and reviewing the ride-sharing data. Now, one thing that I will say, and this is always close to Skanzi's heart, care of what you're doing, because everything can be tracked. But they <laughs> tracked this man down, and they actually said, hey, man, you won this money. Please come get it. So I thought that that was really cool, because the casino definitely didn't need to do that. Tino could have just pocketed that 230K and been like, well, it's ours now. That's fair. That's fair. No, this was cool. Like... Can you imagine winning uh, two hundred thirty grand and then you didn't know that you won to, like that? That really. Sucks. I honestly, I, I would be like, "Are you serious? I don't feel like you're serious right now." Right? Yeah, I wouldn't agree. I I wouldn't understand it. I, I would be I would be weird, weirdly confused. But yeah, uh, no, that's cool. That's a, that's a, that's that's good stuff. Awesome. I guess what happens in Vegas does not always stay in Vegas. You know what, Wigs? Very well done. All right. I think we're going to move on. Um, well, technically, he had to go back to Vegas to claim it. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to everyone's favorite segment, I, I do have one thing that I need to mention, B. Yes. I just want to mention uh, the great senator from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. Um, yes. Because he is always the wee random dick. Dick of the week we didn't use it yet this week so i wanted to make sure we did it but instead we're moving on random rankings to the random rankings and uh i was just taking a look uh because we hadn't did we go over how our picks for the playoffs ended we did basically i have no more money and you have 100 coins all right good all right so we're moving on um so this week b what are we what are we doing for the old random rankings what are we talking about so we are picking our favorite Super Bowl prop bets. So last year, we went through prop bets. And what prop bets are, they're little fun kind of uh, 
opportunities to pick random things. So you could say, you know, how long is it going to take for the national anthem to be sung? And then you get to pick a number, whether that's, you know, under a certain number or over a certain number. And what you're going to see in this document is Skanzi has put in the props that we have selected. Now, our loyal uh, patrons have the opportunity to participate with us as well. So if you have not done so yet, please get your picks in by Saturday night so that we can all laugh and joyously enjoy the uh, big game on Sunday. But we're just going to go through and we're going to pick stuff. And how this is going to work is my... Uh, you know, Google Docs isn't going to work again. So I'm just going to have to riff here. But if, for example, this first one is... Uh, national when, Anthem. How long, how long will it take Mickey Guyton to sing the National Anthem? So over one minute is a negative, which means that if it's negative, that is considered the favorite. So if you pick the favorite and it hits, you will get one point. Now... If you pick the under, which is a plus number, so that's plus 105, what we're going to do is we're going to move that decimal point behind the 1. So that means you get 1.05 points if that hits. So we're just going to make this a little bit challenging, trying to invite people to pick some underdogs instead yeah. of just picking the favorite. Yeah, absolutely. But we're just going to kind of go through these and Skanzi might have to read my own picks to me because my, uh, That's all right. is not really working. <laughs> I will, I will take the lead on this one. We're good with that. So national anthem, uh, wigs is gone with the over and B is gone with the over. Uh, the under would only give you an extra 0 0.05. So I'm going to take the over as well and just kind of make it a push. Um, okay. we're still waiting for Emily and dubs now. Uh, I was I was messing around with something, so I don't know if you had uh, mentioned this specifically, but the names that we have called out here are our patrons, the people who uh, support the stream, support the, the podcast. So yep. let me go ahead and click through here. Uh, all right. So the next one is, this, you know, some of the ones that we picked, I, I got such a kick out of. This one is commercials. Which commercial will be the first to play? Uh, so the minus is the favorite, right? So the favorite is yep. QuickBooks, Intuit, uh, that a minus 160. And then the underdog is Taco Bell at plus 120. So B went with QuickBooks, the favorite. Wigs went with Taco Bell. I also Kiero Taco Bell. So we're going with the underdog on that one. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right. So this is... Uh, Google Google Docs being stupid. Yep. So the next one Is we've being got stupid on your end too. <laughs> yeah, it's being really weird. All right, okay, we'll highlight that. It. We'll make it work. Um, that wasn't just me. No. Uh, how many commercials will have a dog in it? So we've got. Uh, I'll never remember what the favorite is. The favorite is the minus, right? Minus, yep. Favorite right. minus. So I the, feel like we got burned on this one last year. The favorite is under six and a half. Uh, the underdog is over six and a half. Uh, we got B taking the under, Wigs taking the over. I'm gonna, I'm on the under on this one. We got burned on this one last year. We picked the over, and it was like five, and we lost because I think it was like four. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the under on that one. Um, yeah, we got burned. So, all right, uh, the halftime show ones are killing me. I love the halftime show. All right, halftime show. What is the first Eminem song that'll be performed? So the favorite is any other song than the ones listed, which kind of makes sense. 
The biggest underdog is Stan. There's no way they're choosing that. Um, <laughs> B is going with Lose Yourself. Wiggs is going with My Name Is. Oh, man. I You know what? I'm just going to do something different, and I'm going with the real Slim Shady. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go with that one. Although I think Lose okay. Yourself is, is definitely the one that it's probably going to be. All right. I mean, real Slim Shady's not bad. That's, you know, you get three point, what is, I can't read it, 3.5? 3.50, I think. 3.50, uh, so you get 3.5 points if it hits. That's right. That's right. So we've also got the first song performed, period. I don't know who they're labeling as the the main person. B went with Eminem. Wiggs went with Snoop Dogg. Okay. Like, they've, they've done a really good job on the few commercials that I've seen of kind of spreading it out. Like, it out. seems pretty clear that it's not Kendrick Lamar and it's not Mary J. Blige. Well, they, that, well technically, those are those are the closest to being the favorite. So in theory, which is kind they're of odd. assuming, yeah, they're assuming that it's going to be one of those two. So they think Eminem is going to be last, which I went contrarian because yeah. Do you start like, with well, the big name? Like, because he's they're all big names. Let's be honest. Right. But, See, I I went contrarian because I'm like they're going to just start with lose yourself because you know you hit that first do you know I can't sing it right but you know what I'm talking about yeah so. But I think that's that's my pick. That's why I went Eminem. Yeah, uh, Wiggs went with Snoop Dogg. I'm going with Eminem as well. I kind of okay. I kind of get a Dr. Dre feel. I kind of feel like Dre is going to kick it off. Maybe that makes sense in maybe you know, like in LA. California Love or something. Like I, I just I just feel like Dre might be the choice there. But okay. but I'm going with I Eminem. See I see you. I see you. Uh, <laughs> I, feel God, it. I love this. Will Snoop, will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? The favorite is hell no, right? The minus is the favorite? Yeah. Yep, favorite is no. Uh, and B's going with the favorite. Wig says yes, and I'm going with yes just because I have to, because that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> I have to go with yes on that one. I feel like Roger Goodell would not allow that, because they're a major corporation sponsoring this event. Like, what are you going to do? He's just going to light up when he's out there. Who cares? No, no, you Unless know what? Snoop. Unless, like, the he, he might have, like, Snoop Dogg sponsored by the California dispensaries or something, right? You know, Snoop has gotten very commercial lately, so I could totally see that being a no. You know what? I, as much as I want to say yes, I, I'm going to change my bet. This is about winning. No, you said you were saying yes. You got to stick with your yes. Stick with your gut. I don't have to do anything. But, what world do you think this is? I'm, I'm encouraging you to stick with your gut. All right, I'll stick with yes. Um... Will any part of Eminem's performance be censored? We've got two yes. yeses, and I am adding a yes, because it, it damn well better be. And it does specifically call out what censor. Sound must be intentionally cut out or bleep censor used for a yes to be graded. Uh, the yes is the minus, which is the favorite, right? Favorite, yep. Which, that's that's funny. Uh, national Anthem. So we're going back to the National Anthem. What is going to be the predominant color of Mickey Guyton's outfit for the anthem. These are all big numbers for the most part. Wigs yep. went with the closest thing to a favorite, which is white. White, okay. B Makes went sense. with blue. Blue, yep. Um, well, it's not going to, it probably won't be a team color, right? Right, so it probably wouldn't be orange. So not yellow. Not, Not orange. <laughs> I'm I'm going purple. Fuck it. Give me the okay. plus nine hundred. See, I went I went with 
and uh, Mickey Guyton, who neither of us had heard of until this weekend. But I, I did some Google searching, and it seems like Mickey has quite the fashion sense and okay. has worn lots of these colors. Okay. So she is not exactly someone who is easy to uh, predict in that I, way. I, I like how you did research to get the best picks. That's awesome. So you see that I'm out of scoring, so I had to do something. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what color Gatorade redacted will be poured on the winning <laughs> coach of the Super Bowl? The funny thing is, is that uh, the favorite is actually water or clear. Water or clear. Sconzi goes with the official color of stream. That's that's absolutely correct. Purple. Uh, purple. Yeah. Well, I did that for the for the for the jacket. Okay. Um, all right, so the favorite is clear or water, which I find very interesting. Uh, B goes with the green, lime, or yellow, which is a plus yellow. 400. And then Wiggs goes with orange, which is a orange, plus 175, okay. which is close to a favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost always orange. I feel like I need to go orange. Okay. It just seems like it's always orange. Yeah. So I'm going with the orange. Okay. Uh, we're moving on to who will be or who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? Uh, so the favorite is far and away his teammates, followed by Jeebus, Jeebus, the city, family or family members, the coach and the owner. Uh, so B B's going with Jesus. All right. And Wiggs mm -hmm. is going with family or friends. I mean, um, if, if, if it's Matthew Stafford, it's 100% going to be God or Jesus. Like, that's a good point. That's a I really mean, good point. I, honestly, I don't even know if Matthew Stafford's a God or Jesus guy, but I think he is. I don't know. I could Google that, but that would require my browser to work. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with teammates. I'm going with the favorite on this one. I'm, I'm going with the favorite on this one. Uh, first touchdown scorer. This one's crazy. Now, keep in mind that passing touchdowns are credited to the receiver. Not the passer. So lots of big odds on this one. And this is our last pick. On this one, we've got... Wiggs went with Jamar Chase, which is a really good pick. He's at plus 700. Uh, B went with T. Higgins at plus 900. Okay, I see you. Um, I am also going to go with... Jamar Chase. I think I think that's oh, I think that's right. the answer. Yeah. Nice. Nobody's nobody T. Higgins is a Bengal too, right? Yeah, T. Higgins is a Bengal. My my thought on that one is I think the Bengals score first. Yeah. And I think that they rotate a lot of coverage to Chase. Mm -hmm. So it's it's Higgins or Boyd, it's a coin flip. I went with yeah. Higgins. That's fair. I mean you figure Ramsey's gonna be all over uh Chase, but Yeah. Yeah. Fun. All right. So we're throwing it out to the other uh the other patrons. Um so Z Dubs and Emily, if you get a chance, make sure you get out there and get those done by Saturday night. What I'll do is I'll just revoke permissions from everybody on Saturday night. Just make sure we're not changing stuff late. And uh and then we'll review this next week. We'll see uh we'll see who the winner was and uh maybe I'll come up with a special kind of a prize. I already have something in mind. Coins. So, Whoever, whoever the winner is, you get some scoins. Um, but I, I have I have something in mind that I, that uh, that will do. Okay. Cool, good deal. That's exciting stuff. 
That's uh, exciting stuff. Old Man Wiggum, I'm surprised you didn't pick Cooper Cup. I don't know what the heck happened. You must be drinking right? or something. How, how does Old Man Wiggum not pick Cooper Cup? I don't know. Is, was Some... he like, was he just like so sad about Tom Brady retiring that like he can't <laughs> think straight? We didn't even have Tom Brady on the wheel. What, what's wrong with us? Um, That's kind of we, we don't we, we don't care. Well, you know what? You have to care because yeah. I don't know. I like we you know we've we've had lots of stuff on our wheel for the last couple of weeks, and you know some stuff slips through the cracks. Like you know Alvin Kamara, Tom Brady. Like after our football team did what our football team yeah, did, yeah. like. I would rather talk about the fact that Goldberg and the guy that they just hired <laughs> have never been seen in the same room together. And there's true. a reason for that. You're probably right. All right. Well, I'm going to let you continue yapping B and hand it over to you for your extra point. All right. So my extra point today is a callback from a conversation that I was having with a dear friend today. Now, one of the things that I've thought about in my life a lot is places that have been, you know, things that I've done, things that may be in my control, things that may not be in my control. But I also often think about the fact of if we are all hurtling at some point to the end of our line, like, what are we going to do about that? Going to spend time thinking about all of the things that have led us to this point? You're going to make that last descent a fucking blast, man. Right? Like, I think about it like that with, obviously, those of you who watch the podcast, those of you who listen, y'all know that I have some stuff going on. Y'all know that I have a visual impairment that's never getting better in my life. And it makes me sad sometimes. But I often think about the fact that I need to get out and I need to enjoy things and I need to do what I can while my vision's good. And I, I, I extend this do all of my life, right? Because there are things that are sometimes outside of my control. And it's like, do I focus on that? Or do I focus on the thing that I can fix, right? Because in the end, life isn't this big, giant, all being like, whatever. It's these day to day microtransactions, things that can make you happy, right? Like today, I wore this new hoodie that I bought at the uh, Milwaukee Wave game after I saw it two weeks ago and they didn't have one in my size and I was very sad. And then I got the notification that my new glasses were in. And then one of my favorite guilty pleasures is someone who's never going to drive a car in his life is going to the car wash. Those, those are all things that I did today. And those are things that I took joy in, right? Like, I could have been like frustrated the whole way like i'm having a really bad vision day you guys could probably tell that because i couldn't read half the shit that was on the screen but i did what i could today and i enjoyed my day i love my time with you all i love my time with skanzi and i i'm just saying all of this because i want to encourage you all to embrace the whole of where you are like don't the bad don't hide how you're feeling don't run away from it but also Try to embrace some of that good, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here on this podcast, and that's what we're trying to do more of. Like, if I look at my day today, like, my day was a sandwich. Like, I started my day really good, middle of my day really wasn't that good, end of my day has been great! But don't let the bad part subtract from the good part. And I'm going to stop rambling now. Yeah. 
I think that's. Uh, I think you make a good point. One of these days, I gotta fix this uh, camera view because it's like my head's super huge and I gotta bend way down and talk. Um, I know this will come as a shock to everybody. Uh, I don't have anything to talk about. Um, I'm thinking a lot about Tom Brady as you were talking. I was, I was thinking about Tom Brady. Uh, I was never a Tom Brady fan. I felt uh, his technical skills were way overrated. And uh, it irritated me that he won so much because we didn't. And um, then you also mentioned another another player there. And uh, Tom Brady wasn't perfect, right? He, he got roped into that deflate gate. He got suspended for a while. Um, who knows how much he had to do with that, clearly enough, that they suspended him for a few days. That's kind of a dick thing to do, or a few games they suspended him. Kind of a dick thing to do there. Um, but other than that, he, he was pretty, you know, he kept his nose clean. And then we're, we're seeing stories of, you know, half the players on the Las Vegas Raiders are busted for you know, drinking and driving and shooting off their guns. And that one fucking receiver was driving hundred plus miles an hour, killed a woman. Um, fucking Alvin Kamara and his crew beat the shit out of some guy. Cause why? Cause you're a fucking dick. Like we got all these assholes out there that people are idolizing and respecting and cheering and rooting for. And, uh, you know, for years I've just been cursing Tom Brady who for the, most part, as far as we know, seems to be a fairly decent stand-up guy. And, uh, you know, there's a couple videos. There's a couple things I want to touch about. One, there's a video out there that, that most of you probably maybe have seen. And I don't know what, when this was. It might have been Super Bowl last year, potentially. Um, Tom Brady was doing a some sort of interview, and a fan asked him who his hero was. And, and he said, you know, it's my dad, someone who I've always looked up for. And then he gets emotional. And he has to stop talking. He says, it's my dad. Um, every single time that shows up on my TikTok feed, I stop and watch it multiple times because it's reminds me of my dad. And, uh, and I think it's, it's a very cool moment. And uh, it, it makes me emotional every time I see that. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning is a few weeks ago, we talked about a story where there was a kid in the stands who held up a sign that said, hey, Tom Brady, you helped me beat cancer, something like that. And, and Brady came over and gave him a hat, autographed a hat, gave him a ball or some stuff like that. And um, we never followed up on that story, but I saw a video a week or two ago maybe where um, Brady had reached out and, and, you know, they had like a video conference, video call or something. And he gave the kid tickets for him and his family to go to the go to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously Tom Brady's not going to be there in a playing capacity, but, uh, it was, it was, it was a really cool thing for him to follow up on something like that. So I don't know exactly where I'm going. Maybe part of it is, um, enjoying the moment. Like, like this is one of the, probably the best winner the NFL will ever see. I, again, I don't think he's the best quarterback ever, but you, you certainly can't argue that he is you know, probably the, well, not even probably, he is the best winning quarterback of all time. Um, and how much of that did I miss? Because I wasn't paying attention to it. Because I was worried about the little things or the, the, the jealousy or the anger or the whatever the case may be. And I think that that mirrors some of what Brian said in his extra point, which is how often do we do that in our normal lives where... We don't focus on what we should be focusing on, where we focus on the negative things, where we get 
caught up in the bad. We get caught up in the things that aren't as important as opposed to really focusing on what's important. And I think that's an important, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I was the person I think that Brian was talking about because my health is in a, uh, what's the best way to say, like really, really bad place. And I'm still sorting through some stuff. And uh, it's very easy to focus on that and that alone. And that's not going to solve anything. And I, and I think the important thing for all of us to remember is that um, we we may not get to choose our circumstances. And we may not get to choose the way that things happen to us. But we absolutely get to choose what we focus on and what we chase and what we do with it. And that's a reminder for me because I know that I struggle with that a lot. And uh, I need to get better at that. And that's what I'm working on. And that's what I got, B. You want to wrap us up? All right. So now that Skyonzi is ready to play Apex, we are going to wrap up this podcast. You, loyal listener, loyal viewer, can find me on Twitter at LandmarkMKE. There are typically pictures out there of me being at the Milwaukee Wave game, me getting a pedicure, and hopefully me not getting COVID. But you can also find Skonzi <laughs> on Amazon Sidewalk. You can find Skonzi on Twitter at Skonzi. You can find Skonzi here on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but not, not, not next Tuesday night. I will not be here. Skonzi might be here. He'll have to decide if he wants to take the day off and enjoy February 15th or if he wants to come here and play Grand Theft Auto. But next Tuesday, February 15th, we will not be here for We Random. We are taking a one-week very nice hiatus from the show. And then we will be back the week after to bring you more joy into your wonderful ear holes. So we're going to enjoy our break. You can hit us up uh, in your favorite podcast app if you want to listen to some old episodes. You can watch the old videos on Skonzi. YouTube. Make sure that you follow. Click the bell so that you know when Skonzi goes live. And until next time, wonderful words of Mr. Rhythm. I don't know what Mr. Rhythm said, so I'm just going <laughs> to wish you all good night. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the superb owl, baby! <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye!